You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and happy holidays to all. This is Matt Williamson. You have reached the Locked On NFL podcast. We are the flagship of the, the whole podcast network here, Locked On Podcast Network. It brings you your team every day. We're the number one local sports daily podcast network in the world. And bringing on guests like Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus is a huge reason why. Mike, how are you? And happy holidays, man. I'm doing great. Hope you and all the listeners had a Merry Christmas here. Yeah, I absolutely did. Um, I wanted to start our conversation. Here's our plan for today, first of all. I want to touch on, we're going to do this tomorrow with Sando, and then I'll really dig into it on Friday, too. I just want to get some early impressions on the, what, five games that really matter this upcoming weekend. And then we're going to finish the show, and I'm going to try to make this a little bit of a trend with Mike, is talking draft prospects. But they have a great article that just came out on Pro Football Focus, breaking down everyone to watch in the two playoff games. You know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, um, Oklahoma. So those four teams, I just want to bring that up with them to end the show. So... My first question to you, though, is I would like your impression of Nick Foles. My impression? I mean, it swings it's hard. so back and forth. I, I wrote an article before the Super Bowl last year that said, basically, he's had a handful of performances that have been some of you know, the highest graded in our system for a single game in, in like you know, the 10-year history of us doing it. And we've also had a handful that have been the worst you know, uh, graded yeah. games. Uh, so he swings back and forth. But what he does is he throws – a good deep to intermediate ball most of the time. Uh, his decision making is the thing that fluctuates so wildly. And uh, there's games where you'll see him, and it's like this guy doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. And there's games where he's just finding the right guy every single time. So uh, my opinion is that basically he is a unknown quantity that can play like an elite QB one t- one day and like a terrible QB the next. I very much agree, and going into last year's stretch, or during last year's stretch, I basically just thought, including the Super Bowl, he's hot right now, he's strung a couple of those great games together, that's kind of fluky, but he's been pretty good since taking over again. I mean, has he maybe turned the corner at this mid-portion of his season, of his career? I do think he's tough, I think his his teammates trust him and respond to him, and in a good system, that might be enough. I think he is one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league right now. I, I do think he's earned that with, you know, how many games he has that have been good. But at the same time, I, I don't know what that's worth. I mean, obviously yeah. you can win a Super Bowl with them. The team did, but I'm not sure what that's worth to anyone else besides the Eagles. Uh, like wh- you would, it would be a big risk. You'd have to have a roster like Jackson's. You have to have someone in place already to where. Uh, you know, maybe next to where, like, you're not going to get a guy in the draft. You're not going to get a guy in free agency. It's kind of a last resort. Then I'd take a chance on him. But I'm not, you know, pinning my hopes to him uh, like I would, you know, like Kirk Cousins this past season. Right. And I don't even love Cousins all that much. But, I mean, that was my next question. If you're Jacksonville, if you're the Giants, I mean, do you consider this guy? Uh, is he better than Andy Dalton? You know, like, I don't know where the fit would be. I don't know what team I'd be like, yeah, that's the guy I want. Yeah, like I said, I think it is one of those teams that's just out in the last resort. So I think Jacksonville would be one that makes almost the most sense in terms of they're not going to be in position to draft a quarterback highly. Mm-hmm. There's really they don't have a much the cap space to pay probably even like someone like a Teddy Bridgewater 
this offseason. So he would be the most logical next name on that list, I'd say. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Hopefully they can get a guy in the second round at least or you know, not just pin their mm-hmm. all their hopes on Foles, obviously. Do you see the Eagles having any problems in Washington? No. Uh, Washington's just They're that dumb. offense. I, yeah. As good as Josh Johnson's, you know, as much as he's overperformed compared to what a guy you'd think off the street would do, he's still not good. Yeah, I agree. And I think their, their offensive line is not going to get Fletcher Cox and company blocked. Can Johnson exploit the bad cornerback situation in Philly? Probably not. I like the Redskins' D, but I still think Foles moves the ball well, and Sproles is back now. And the Eagles are just playing much better football than the the Redskins right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it should be that close. No. How about the other NFC one of note? Chicago going to Minnesota. I honestly haven't given this one a ton of thought lately, but... I do like that the Vikings are running the ball. I do like both these defense. I think both are playing very, very well. I can't see either team just, you know, getting up by 20 and blowing the other one out. Yeah, I think it'll be close, low scoring. Uh, I lean Vikings because they're at home and Mm -hmm. they seemingly have more to play for. Uh, But yeah, I I do think it'll be uh, there's neither of those offenses I trust at this point, especially against the defense they're facing. No, right. I I think both these defenses will control the day. Chicago could absolutely win it, but it's in Minnesota. They do need it more. I would imagine I'll probably lean that way, but again, I got to give this one some more thought. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go through the three games in the AFC sort of of no tier, and then we're going to take another break, and we will come back and talk about the two playoff games in college football and just some prospects to keep an eye on for you guys out there. Uh, We'll be right back. All right, the biggest game in the AFC is Indianapolis at Tennessee. Unless they tie, the winner is going to the playoffs. Tennessee has put Gerald Casey on injured reserve. Um, they are dealing with some injuries in general. Um, I don't know that I trust their offense all that much, even though I understand that they have gotten Derrick Henry going, and I, I see that, don't get me wrong. But the Colts, to me... Many talk about the Chargers as, you know, the most balanced team in the league. I think the Colts are in that conversation, too. You know, good on special teams, above average on defense now, above average on offense, certainly have the better quarterback. Yeah, they can basically, like you said, across the board, they're pretty solid. They don't really have too many weaknesses to exploit. Uh, And I think the run defense is good enough to where they'll be able to bring down their – they won't get – you know, Derrick Henry, like Jacksonville did, like a couple teams have, they won't just get ran on uh, willy-nilly. And so at, at that point, I do favor Indianapolis, even though they're on the road here, mm-hmm. just because Tennessee, Gerald Casey is a huge injury. He was basically their only plus pass rusher this year along that defensive front. Uh, so they're definitely going to miss him. And I just don't think the defense is going to be the same without that sort of threat up front to get to Andrew Luck. I don't think they really have anyone now that's going to be able to get to him. And he's going to have all day to pick apart that D. Casey's a, a massive loss to me, and he. everyone always talks about him as he's the most underrated defensive lineman in the league. Well, he goes to a Pro Bowl every year, so I think people are <laughs> starting to realize that he's yeah. all right. Um, has he been one of your highest-graded defensive tackles year after year? Yeah, he's always in the top 10 to 15 conversation for DTs. Okay. Uh, you know, but depending on the year, but he run and pass, can he just creates havoc there in the backfield. He's very good. Yeah, he's a guy I don't see big weaknesses with either, that he does everything at a well above average level, and it's going to be a big loss for the Titans. I know they're at home. 
I just think the Colts are the better team right now. If I'm the rest of the AFC, I would rather see the Titans in the postseason than Andrew Luck. Um, so I'm really leaning towards Indy in that one. Um, this one, I, I don't think the Bengals have any chance in Pittsburgh, but it's worth noting in case the Steelers were to stumble again. Obviously, they need to win. Uh, they've been the masters of self-destruction this year. But you don't see this stumbling up Pittsburgh, do you? No, I don't think it'll be that close. I mean, Cincinnati's just completely falling apart. The yeah. first half, Cincinnati Bengals versus the second half is one of the crazier sort of storylines. They're just a completely different team. They're just awful now compared to they look, you know, when they beat smoke the Ravens in week two. They're just a completely different team now. Yeah, they really are. They're they're in shambles. And maybe Hugh Jackson will get it all figured out for. Them. <laughs> <laughs> The other game of, of I think is going to be a fun one, and I give the Browns a very legitimate puncher's chance in Baltimore. They beat them earlier in the season, a very close, low-scoring game. I really like how both teams are playing. I think that despite Cleveland not being in it, they still have great motivation for this game. Um, Baltimore rightfully should be favored. I mean, they're really hard to play against in all three phases right now, but I think the Browns have a chance. I think the Browns have a chance too, but Baltimore's defense has really taken it to another level. What they did the recently. Rivers was crazy. Yeah, and their the pass rush has been one of the biggest things. They've been getting after the passer far better than they were early in the season. Uh, so I I don't expect. Uh, I, I just think with what they have offensively now with Lamar Jackson, it's just tough for any team to game plan against. They're all they're going to consistently score. You know, at least more than he did with Flacco. So uh, I do give the Ravens the edge here. Yeah, and their defense and special teams are so good that they don't ever have to abandon that running game. And then by mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, you're beat up, and um, you know you're not used to playing that style of football. They're the only team on the schedule that plays that way. It's hard. And just want to stick in the AFC North super quick before we go to break, but. Just one note in these games, not sure that it'll be a difference maker, but the Browns and the Steelers are really at the bottom of the league in terms of special teams. It's just something to note that they're that has, helped, has hurt these teams dramatically, especially Pittsburgh this year. And my thought, my question to you, if you were to power rank the AFC North before for 2019, not knowing the moves that'll be made, where do you like these guys? I mean, are the Bengals clearly last? I think it's hard. I don't know that what the rest of Pittsburgh's going in. I know the Browns are at the arrow going up. Yeah. I would have oh, thought God, Baltimore so was going to be. Yeah, I thought Baltimore would be bad, you know, next year. But they're certainly trending the right direction. And bringing Harbaugh back is great for them. I think this, this division is very interesting for next year. Yeah, powering them. Gosh, I, I want to put I want to put the Browns high. I'm yeah. not sure I'd put them at one. But I think I would put them at one, to be honest. Because Baker, year two, I mean – Everyone, every quarterback we've pretty much ever seen gets better from year one to year two, and he's been fantastic year one. Uh, you, they still have a ton of cap space. So, I mean, even though we're not projecting moves, they will be able to add talent. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think I'm going to go with them one. And Ravens. then the Jokus and Peppers of the Worlds are all mm-hmm. getting better. Yeah. And so, them one, maybe Ravens two, Steelers three, Bengals four. I think but Bengals are clearly tight. four, but I think they're better than they are now. You know I mean? They mm-hmm. could add an offensive lineman. Get AJ Green back, maybe draft a linebacker high. No, I don't think they'll be a you know four and twelve type of team next year. No, yeah, I think they'll be much better. Yeah, just uh, just getting healthy again, they'll be contending at least. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. All right, again, we're going to take a quick break, and then I want to ask Mike about who to watch in Clemson versus Notre Dame and Oklahoma versus Bama. So we'll be back here in a minute. 
All right, all right. No real rhyme or reason to this. Um, I want to approach it, and I'll probably ask you again this question before the, when we get closer to the games. But who are the big names, and give me a thumbnail of Clemson versus Notre Dame. I mean, let's start with the Clemson D-line. I know that's the talk of the town for the draft. Yeah, so supposedly Dexter uh, Lawrence may be out with a uh, positive test for, I don't know, some banned substance. So he was a big name, the nose tackle there. He's going to be a first-rounder. Christian Wilkins. Real quick on Lawrence, how would you compare him to Vita Vea? Who's starting to play better, by the way. I don't think he's as good as Vea, but at the okay. same time, I think he's only a junior Vea was like 23 coming up. It was already a grown man. So there's a little more projection with Lawrence, but I do think uh, the movement skills, uh, I think he has a little better. Vea was probably stronger, but Lawrence is a little more athletic okay. than Vea was. So He's uh, not just a pure run-stuffing hog. But though. no, yeah, he can affect the pass as well. Okay. So that's the, he'll that's be, that'll get him drafted highly. Uh, Wilkins is probably one of the most improved players in the country this year. He's been fantastic. Uh, can play, play basically anywhere on the interior for a defensive line. Uh, very powerful, and I think he's added a little explosiveness this year to his game. Well, he played off the edge earlier in his career, but he's definitely an interior player at the NFL level. So uh, he's not a Cameron Jordan. I mean, he's a little bit no, more inside than Joker. Okay. Yeah, okay. he has to play between the tackles, basically. So both of them, though, probably going to go in the top 20 uh, of the upcoming draft, I would imagine. And then Clellan Farrell is not, uh, he's not on the level of those other two, in my opinion. I, I know he looks the part. He mm-hmm. reminds me of Kevin Dodd, actually, a few years ago, where, I mean, you want to like him because he's got the size, got the length. You know, he, he's built like you'd build an NFL defensive end. But I just don't think he's ever gotten there. I don't think he's ever, you know, impacted games in that sort of manner that you'd want to take him highly. So, I think he will be end up a first round, but uh, we're a little lower on him than most. Do you think Farrell, if he were at University of Buffalo or North Dakota State or even Toledo, wouldn't be getting a lot of buzz, but because he's a Clemson D-lineman? I do. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it's, a lot of it has to do with just that the mystique around that defensive line at the moment. Okay, yeah, I can. that, that happens. I mean, and the, <clears> the, the press obviously influences things a great deal. Who are the other studs on either side of the ball for Clemson that are potential high picks? I know they have an offensive tackle, right? So, I'll, uh, yeah, Mitch Hyatt, I want to say. I don't think he's going to be that high of a pick, but okay. uh, probably day two somewhere. Uh, he's fairly good. Uh, he's got he's, fairly, he's athletic enough, but his hand usage and he's kind of a scooper and pass pro has been exposed a few times. So he'll probably go day two, uh, I would imagine. And then basically all the other guys in that Clemson offense are underclassmen, all the difference makers, T. Higgins. Travis Etienne and uh, Trevor Lawrence, they're all not this year, but I, down the road, I think all those guys are going to be first-round picks. Okay, okay. Um, how about Notre Dame? I know they have another offensive lineman, right? I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> no, actually. No, don't they don't. I'm sorry. This year, is, uh, their best offensive lineman, actually, Alex Bars, who's maybe like a late day two, early day three pick, is actually hurt. So they really have, for all the good lines they've had in years past, this line is not nearly as good, which... That's why it's the biggest matchup of the game against, you know, three sure. probably first rounders for Clemson could be go badly for them. But all their talent actually draftable really is defensive side of the ball uh, at the moment. Jerry Tillery, a defensive tackle. Uh, I We have him in the first round. He's like six, seven, really long arms, a little over 300 pounds. Uh, one of the highest graded pass rushers for us in the nation. They got two linebackers that'll get drafted and Tavon Cooney, who's probably a day two guy and Drew Tranquil who's probably a day three guy, both very athletic. So 
Uh, they make a lot of plays. They're pretty much key to that defense. And then Julian Love, if he comes out in the secondary and at cornerback, has I think he has the fifth most pass breakups in the country this season. Uh, he's been very good. He's not super athletic, so he probably won't go first round. He's a true junior, so he might actually come back for another year. And then same with Aloe Gilman, their safety, who was a transfer from Navy, actually. Uh, this is his first year playing. He's been had a really nice pick against Syracuse, had a handful of plays in the back end. He'll get drafted probably day two also if he comes out, but he might come back to school as a true junior. Very cool. Uh, the other game, I think everyone's aware of Kyler Murray. What do you think of him as an NFL prospect only? If he decides, yes, I'm all in on NFL, how highly could he go? You know, how what, What's going to be the breakdown on him? I think he'd be a first-round, truthfully. Yeah. I think teams have come around on the – Baker Mayfield, the Russell Wilson style of you don't have to be 6'3 to be able to play from the pocket. And not every throw has to be from the pocket. If you have arm talent to where you can put it on a dime, no matter, you know, if you have the sort of arm, you can scheme around, you know, the sort of uh, old school pocket passer mold. You can get guys open windows to throw the football. And, And especially with what he can do with his legs, it'll put so much stress on defenses. I think you'll end up being a first rounder if he does want to play football because his arm is so talented and he is so talented with his leg. So draw met with him. I'm not sure uh, if he will play, but that's, I do think he could, you know, make as much or more money in football than he will in baseball. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marquise Brown is his top target and a very electric type guy. Is he the best receiver in the nation or best receiver in this draft possibly? He'll stop. It's going to depend on, I think he's just stylistically. It depends on what the team covets. I think you could be in the conversation for it just because speed is so coveted at the NFL level. And I think it's even more valuable nowadays than it has been, you know, in uh, years past, even, I think that's the way the NFL is trending, but at the same time, he's only made like four contested catches all season long of his, he has never been put in a situation where he has to uh, attack for the football. He's just that offense schemes guys so open. So it's gonna be the biggest question mark for him. And I think he's going to get a few chances against Bama to make some contested catches. I would imagine with that secondary. So, uh, but he is, with the ball in his hands and his speed down the field, is about as good as he gets in this class. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the right scheme, get him in space type of guy. You know, the, the, easier said than done at the NFL level. Uh, last Oklahoma question for you. They got a bookend set of tackles that are have a chance, right? I mean, in, in a, a league that needs tackles, do these two have starting potential? Yeah, they got a horse of an offensive line. I mean, that is one of the biggest reasons Kyler Murray's had success this season as well. But uh, Cody Ford on the right side uh, is getting some late first-round hype. I actually like their left tackle a little bit more, Bobby Evans. Uh, both, to me, though, are probably day two guys. They're, uh, they're just, they don't move as well as I'd like of an offensive tackle. Ford's enormous. Uh, you know, he's Orlando Brown sort of reincarnate at the moment. He's I think he runs about 340 to 350. He's a big wow. boy. And I just... I don't trust at that weight. I mean, Orlando Brown's been fine at right tackle, but I just don't trust at that weight you'd be able to hold up consistently in pass projection. You just got to be able to move better. Yeah, I, I think the league's going away from those guys, although Brown is playing okay for Baltimore as a rookie. Um, Bama's obviously a little bit longer conversation. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'm, you're away on this more than me, and I understand how amazing he's been this year, but I didn't know who Quinn and Williams was a year ago. Well, yeah, he only played 250 snaps or something. He wasn't even like he wasn't, he wasn't good enough to field. play for Bama before this. That's un- unbelievable. Well, I mean, good enough to play for Bama. He was behind Jerome Payne. Right. Was basically the position he's <laughs> playing. He's right. behind the 13th, you know, 14th overall pick, whatever Payne was. 
last year. So that played a big role in it. And I mean, he's, he's, there's no real flaw in his game. And I've seen he plays, he plays three technique. He even has some snaps where he's, you know, rushing from a, I was, tackle and beating offensive linemen he really can do it all i think behind nick bosa in this class he's the safest prospect uh, the safest prospect one of the safest prospects i've seen in the past you know five drafts he's in the miles garrett sort of conversation of he's just gonna be good at the nfl level i don't really have any question marks about him and he's not alone of course as usual on bama's defensive line <laughs> uh no there's a handful of guys raekwon davis is kind of more athleticism than uh, production at this point, he's like six six, long arms. He's kind of an Armstead Buckner body type, right? Yeah, he's a higher cut sort of guy. So probably you know, you're in a defensive line that you know favors that sort of body type. He's going to fit there. Doesn't really have the versatility that Williams does. To but still, the potential is off the charts for him. Uh, uh, the talent more. I don't think it's as deep though as some Bama lines in years past. But mm-hmm. there are a handful of guys up front that. I'm not sure Raekwon ends up in the first round. I'm not sure uh, Isaiah Bugs end up in the first round. I, I think those are all more mid-round guys on the Bama D-line. But the safety, Deontay Thompson, is a first-rounder all day long, right? Yeah, he's in the top ten conversation at this oh, wow. point. Okay. Just, you can't teach the range. He has that safety. I mean, he's a more of a free, off-the-ball, making plays in the air type of guy. Yeah, and that's I think that's what gets coveted at the NFL yeah. level is just Playmaker. not a lot of guys can do that. Yeah. Um, Carter, the corner, is he a noteworthy guy as well on defense? And maybe Miller off the edge? Truthfully, I haven't watched much of him. Okay. Uh, their Bama corners okay. haven't graded out exceptionally well for them this season, so I haven't even actually uh, studied his tape yet. A couple guys I want to mention on offense are Jonah Williams. Is he the best offensive line prospect in this class to you? Is he definitely yeah, a plug-and-play left tackle type guy? or? Yeah, he's he's fairly comfortable. He's the highest graded lineman in the country this year, and true junior. I mean, you just don't see a lot of successful off linemen in college. Have to they're four year guys. Even Quentin Nelson, for as you know dominant a prospect he was, was a four year. You know, he's he spent his whole time, his whole career at Notre Dame. Jonah Williams going to come out after his junior year, most likely. I'd imagine he's going to be a top ten pick. So uh, he's already doing it. Pass protection at a high level at this point. Okay. Um, the two skill guys I want to ask you about, and then we'll finish. That'll be the end of today's show. Irv Smith, the tight end, and Harris, you know, Damian Harris, the, the running back. Are these two impact starters at the next level? Is Harris a rotational guy? What What do you like about Smith and Harris? I like Smith. He's got the athleticism that the NFL sort of covets at this point. Uh, I think he ends up going round two. He's not a complete tight end still. Uh, work in progress. Uh, You'd much rather Jay Howard. Yeah, he's not at that level of okay. freakishness, which is that I think you are, right. you got to be to be a first-round tight end. Yeah, so that's where he's at. And then Harris is sort of in the similar conversation of day two running back, probably end of the third round or the fourth, uh, early fourth, to where he's you know he's been great at breaking tackles, great at uh, – he, but he's just not sort of – you got to be next level to be in that you know first round second round conversation running back i just don't think there are any in this class yeah yeah that's the impression i get so folks uh this was a nice quick show with mike uh we'll do it again next week i got mike sando coming on tomorrow as usual i'll be picking games now friday some of these games are obviously stinkers but you can get a lot of week 17s there's some teams trending in the right direction that no one's talking about uh that is a wrap check out the rest of the locked on podcast network over and out <laughs>